Thank you for returning with us. This is Advanced Fashion Disruption. Join our chat now in progress. I'm going to use my shitty seam ripper. It's wow. it's marked that way. <laughs> uh, let's welcome everyone back after a an unexpected um, three or four week hiatus. Four weeks um, since the last time we all talked. I have become unfortunately homeless. Uh, hashtag homeless fashion designer. Um, and Megan has dealt with some issues with parents' health and um, faced down a Great Depression. So we do apologize for uh, the lack of episodes the last four weeks, but we're here. Uh, I'm queer and she's a deer. So we're going to just dive right in. Um, I don't know if this is an episode we're recording. We're so far off schedule or it's a phone a fashion fuck up friend Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> but uh, this is the talk you're going to get this week. Right. So uh, I would tell you, you might want to grab some Kleenex. Um, and if you if you need a cigarette, get a cigarette, grab a cup of coffee, because I think this is probably going to be a couple of hour episode. We're, we're catching up with each other. We haven't even talked since all this went down. Yeah, it's been um, kind of all encompassing for both of us. And like on some level, there is a guilt bandwidth that co probably could have made room for us to continue through all of this. But I think part of it is telling people it's okay to have a shutdown moment where you reserve the energy to do the things that you have to do to get to your next step. Right. No, I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't hear from you and that is so unusual that I, I obviously knew something was going on. Um, especially with, oh, oh, apparently my phone wants to speak to me now. Don't, don't talk. So. <laughs> Um, because it's so unlike you to be out of touch. So I, I figured, I, I mean, I knew that there was some heavy stuff that you were starting to deal with, some long-term uh, stuff, relationship stuff. And uh, of course, uh, the fact that you have aging parents like I do, uh, that stays on my mind. Uh, your dad is sort of in the place that my mom's at, mm -hmm. uh, frail health. Um so I just, I, I mean, I mean, there was a day, Megan, where I was like, was my very brief response about recording tomorrow, did that come off as rude? <laughs> I'm like, might work, because literally I was, I was sort of in the middle of trying to figure out where my body and my dogs were going to be. So I wasn't sure. I didn't want to commit. Um, uh, I didn't know what the internet would be like uh, from the garage. Sure. Where I'm from. Um, but it's, it's decent enough to record. Um, we have a 99% upload right now. So, uh, maybe the internet here is even better. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I, I, I did, I did for a day wonder if I had done something wrong and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to assume that if I've done something wrong, my friend would tell me to fuck myself. So I, I fucked off and I've been, you know, trying to pull my head out of my own ass and process what it means to be homeless in America. Mm -hmm. Um, you said something very important to me the day it was happening. Do you remember what it was? I hope that it's the, the circumstances that you're experiencing right now are not indicative or speak to on any level, your talent. And say that again, because everyone needs to hear that. What happens to you in life has nothing to do with your talent. Mm -hmm. the, the circumstances was under which you're living 
or homeless or um, whatever, what like the top or the very bottom has absolutely nothing to do with the raw talent. And nothing, nothing. I did not fail because of a lack of talent or a lack of trying. My talent did not desert me. My country failed me. My state failed me. My city failed me. Um, the pandemic mm-hmm. failed many of us. So uh, I, I don't feel singled out. And I, I, I that that was um, that was a healing balm to hear that. And of course, I knew that. But to hear somebody that I respect so much tell me this has nothing to do with your talent was so important to me. And I want people to take uh, to take notice of that and to put that in that part of your brain where all of the arsenal to keep you from despair is and when you need to hear that replay it for yourself your circumstances have nothing to do with your talent it's true and i think that that was some of the best advice that i was given um when my business was failing that um you know, it it wasn't for any lack of creative output. It wasn't for any other reason than those weird circumstances at that moment that are completely out of your control. And you have to, on some level, release to them knowing something else is, is coming, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I will tell you, uh, I, I woke up from a nap on the 18th of last month and found that there was a bin out front, which is the harbinger of doom. Uh, the bailiffs can be uh, as little as 30 seconds behind that or as much as several hours. Thankfully, I had several hours. Um, I started to have a panic attack and I thought, well, you know, you've been waiting for this uh, for months. It's here. Um I, I, I admit that I took a half of a hydrocodone that I had left over from um, pain management when I was in the hospital uh, and calmed myself the fuck down. And when the state bailiff showed up, the state police bailiff, they weren't local bailiffs or county bailiffs. It was, they sent the state police bailiff, really nice guy. Um, I decided to host the bailiffs as if they were uh, welcome guests. I showed them where everything was. I offered them coffee. I told them that any of the liquids that were unopened in the refrigerator were up for game because I was leaving the refrigerator. Um, at one point, the the county approved bailiff uh, or the, the state bailiff, the head guy with the gun, the badge came in and said, Mr. Roberts, how are you doing? And I said, well, this isn't as horrible as I imagined it would be. But I have to tell you, the worst part of it is the shame that I feel for being put out. And this will be the first time in my life that not only have I been put out, but that I won't be able to clean the apartment and make it meticulous before I leave it. It is a shambles and it's filthy because we've been moving nonstop for 18 days. uh, And I haven't taken the time to mop floors or any of the other maintenance I would normally do. And he said, Mr. Roberts, I've been a bailiff for 40 years. Man was in his 60s. He'd been a bailiff since he was in his 20s. He said, and in fact, this is this is my income. And um, the, the bailiffs that are here are part of my private moving company. They're all deputized to be bailiffs. They're trained to remove things respectfully and to respect the people that are still in the home and to uh, gently place them into the, to the containers where you'll have 24 hours to retrieve what you want. Um, he said, obviously, during the pandemic, because I sort of told him my story, how we ended up where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, I also obviously had no income. 
I could not evict people. It was a $50,000 fine if we tried to evict somebody uh, for each instance. And of course, I couldn't afford that because I wasn't working. And he said, Mr. Roberts, I myself was evicted and put out of my home. Mm-hmm. The bailiff who was putting me out of my home himself was put out of his home. And he looked at me and he took my hand and he said, this has nothing to do with you. The system broke and failed many of us. And it was an echo of what you had told me that morning. Yeah. And um, that was, I, I mean, there was a lot of grace in that. There was a lot of grace in that man making himself vulnerable to me. He actually offered me a job uh, to be a counselor, to go in and get people softened up, basically. And I said, that's really generous. And you're right. I would be good at that, having had to face this. But I can't be any part energetically or spiritually of putting people out of their homes, no matter what the reason. Yeah, I can't I can't be part of that. But thank you for, for seeing that I could. And thank you for the offer. Um, and that was how it went down. Um, they, they were gracious enough to let me carry all of the dainty things down that I didn't want placed in the bin. And I placed them against the building. And I sat with my dogs, um, uh, two of them on leashes and Nellie and I, um, no, no, uh, my cousin had come and taken the dogs earlier in the day. Yeah. Um, and a few things for me. So I was with Nellie in her crate. And uh, after they left and changed all the locks and put up all the notices that I that the house was, you know, no one was to re-enter. Um, my friends with pickup trucks came and we loaded up the rest of it and rescued a few things from the bin. And that was that. I drove away and um, that chapter of my life closed. Yeah. It's really kind of surreal feeling, isn't it? Oh, crazy. I mean, thank God I got everything that was important to me, everything that's important to the work, everything that had value uh, out. Uh, although, they, you know, I, I lost my microwave and my toes. But but those were all things that I'm like, I whatever. I'm going to possibly be living in a garage. What the fuck do I need a microwave for? Um, right. And so I dwell in the garage. And, uh, and, and I, when the weather's not good, I dwell in the basement. I'm going to work to make the garage into a proper studio for me and the dogs um, and hopefully uh, find something better um, in the next few months. Yeah. Uh, You know, and kind of like getting everything kind of together and in one spot and, um, you know, feeling like it's safe. I think that that was the most important part because you were expecting this for so long. Yeah. And Rachel, um, while we were on this hiatus, um, wrote about, um, or reposted about Ralph, um, Rucci, who had a bunch of patterns that were, um, mishandled, um, at one of his properties and like just, thousands and thousands of original patterns were yeah no i I read that and and you know i i just um i'm glad that wasn't your story but i mean like no this kind of stuff happens to everybody right it it breaks my heart to think uh, about ralph losing his patterns and and it and and that was another story i'm like wow i you know Mm -hmm. people life happens and sometimes life does not happen in the way that you would like it to happen um I'm certainly not uh, uh, celebrating mm-hmm. what has happened uh, and uh, hashtag homeless fashion designer. I'm actually going to, this is, this is news to the world because I haven't told anyone. I am going to use this experience to launch a, a run for either my state um, House of Representatives or possibly Congress. 
because this should not happen to people. This should not happen to people. And every level of government uh, safety net failed. And somebody needs to be there who has experienced this, that has the compassion to um, fight hard for people and, and fuck profits. Yeah. So I may soon be Congressman Benson Roberts, mm-hmm. the homeless fashion designer. <laughs> backslash uh, advanced fashion disruption. We may disrupt the whole fucking country, Megan. Uh, it's um, entirely true. Oh, uh, you had cards. Were you going to pull a couple? Um, okay, so I did mute myself while you were talking so I could shuffle and we wouldn't have that in the background. Um, <laughs> Although I love that sound. Yeah. Um, what was funny is two cards, you know, the way that I generally draw cards is I resonate on like okay, what is the situation that we're coming from? What's happening currently? And what do we have to look forward to slash what should we be concentrating on in the future for greater success, right? Um, And so the two cards that shot out about like, you know, where are you coming from? You are totally going to pee your pants, either laughing or shriek because it's the tower and the eight of swords. I, I need to see those on camera, please. Yes, I'm going to do that. Okay, the tower. Uh-huh, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. With relocation, unexpected calamity. Mm-hmm. Crisis, right? Crisis, right. Uh, Eight of Swords. And this is um, yeah. based off of, a, what did they say, a French uh, fairy tale? Let me get over there. That's beautiful. It's such That's a beautiful, beautiful card. Um, and what's interesting is that sort of the card of the Sword of Damocles. Uh, mm-hmm. The person generally in the Rider Waite deck, the traditional deck, is sitting in bed, uh, head in hands, not able to sleep, worried. And above that person is eight swords hanging. And um, I had described the pending homelessness as the Sword of Damocles hanging over my head. So that is literally where I'm coming from. Um, it's from a French fairy tale about wearing a donkey skin to escape a bad situation. Well, so being an ass is sometimes good. Mm-hmm. To I, hide out. I excel at being an ass. <laughs> yeah. And so this represents anxiety, <laughs> feeling trapped, <clears throat> paralysis, and again, crisis. So that's where like kind of the root of both of what's going on in our, our worlds. Um, and then the next five cards shot out. And so um, I kind of want to look through them a little bit, um, but we'll start with justice. Huh. And right. so I think okay. we're moving uh, what my gut feeling is. This is where we're moving into Justice. And I'm shaking my head. I'm acting like I have my camera on, but I'm shaking my head. Yes. Um, I'm going to litigate. Actually, I'm going to seek justice. Harmony, balance, virtue, honor. Um, this is a Korean legend. Um, and he wields both intelligent and impartiality, intelligence and impartiality. So, um, and, oh, the last sentence on that was, um, it is punishment of the corrupt and promotion of the deserving. I'm all for it. And then um, with that one, those were coupled together. 
is the Nine of Swords. Ah. And um, six, nine. Uh, that one's from a Greek mythology. And um, it also is still talking about um, anxiety um, and obsessing about things. And so, you know, I think that probably is coupled correctly. <laughs> is right, right. thing about um, the judgment. You know, and like, I know that you and I've talked in the past about um, some of our incantations that we make about, you know, a karmic neutral spells. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Generally, you know, I had a, um, a Buddhist friend who's like, I'm going to go home and chant for their ass because I'm so mad right now. Um, and it's yeah, in the yeah, similar yeah. vein to that is like, may yeah. you get what you deserve. And may I'm, you get me. May your life be interesting. And that's what this seems to me. May you, you know, yeah. like you're, you and I are both obsessing about um, finding the just desserts or finding the recognition that is deserved. Right. Or, or if nothing else, just, just decompressing into balance, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. decompressing the, the, the harm that it has done. One can forgive people who harm us we can forgive them but but until they move to make it right or are forced to move to make it right the weight of that sits on us whether we have forgiven them or not what's next forgiveness oh well see there we go <laughs> oh, there we go uh and, and forgiveness is important for us it's important for us to do so that we don't have animosity but forgiveness does not remove the weight of the stone that they've placed on us right. with their with their uh treachery or with their words uh, or with their deeds so that's an interesting and that's the monkey prince isn't it it is it's chinese mythology um yeah. it's sun wukong uh the monkey king and yeah, the monkey king one um, of my favorites mm-hmm and it's um, about improvement, forgiveness, change of perspective, and rebirth. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I love the Monkey King. Yeah, no, the Monkey King is a, one of my favorite mythological stories because of because of that. And he and he approaches everything with joy and wonder, and is a bit mischievous. He's he he's perhaps the original disruptor. Right, like you know, just for cheeky fun, right? <laughs> Um, okay, so the Eight of Cups, um, it came out with a reversed Queen of Coins. Yeah. Um, this is from a Hebrew legend about walking away, introspection, and seeking the truth. And I and I think that that's part of that disruptive seeking the truth. And when um, I was like, okay, I'm out of my hole, please please let's talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. That was part of that. Um, part of that. Um, of, of so while, while we're on the monkey King and the eight of cups, mm -hmm. um, you texted me, please, if you can forgive me. And I told you there was nothing to forgive. You didn't do anything to me. You didn't do anything to anyone. You needed time and, and, that is not a transgression that requires forgiveness. And I want you to hear that in my voice. 
I understood. I, I, I've known you for a long time, ma'am. And I know that your silence generally is because you need to be within and you're handling heavy shit. And I, and I, and I had an inspiration an intuition. It had to do with your dad. And I also knew that you were handling heavy relationship type things going into it. Plus you had just started a new position and that is all of that. It was the perfect storm for you needing to withdraw. So uh, there was no need to apologize and there was nothing to forgive. And had there been, of course, I would have forgiven you in a moment because I adore you. You were one of my truly beloved friends. Mm. And um, I'm sorry that you had so much weight on your shoulders that it had to silence you. But I totally get it. I think I think after the 18th, I might have spent 10 days just mostly in bed. Just uh, first and foremost, because those eight swords had been removed from over my head. I did not have to wake up in the morning and wonder, would there be a ban and would today be the day? So I was sleeping very deeply. And then I had a, I, you know, I, I, it, it was depressing to have that happen. It was a shock to my system, e- even though I was expecting it. It's still, um, so yeah, uh, it, between friends, there's no need to forgive silence. Silence is a part of friendship. Space is a part of friendship. Self-care. I don't want to be friends with you if you can't take care of yourself, my dear. No. No. So I'm glad that you took the time. And I know that the people missed us. They reached out. Several people reached out to see if we were okay. Um, I, I actually put on our page that I had become homeless. So so <laughs> there, there may be a pause here. Um, so people, you know, people were concerned about both of us. They, they, they've asked and I told them that we were both just taking some downtime. Um, we couldn't disrupt because we were being so disrupted. We needed to deal with our own disruptions. Well, and being like very ambitious, both of us being very ambitious type of people, we're like, we can do this no matter what crisis. And the reality is like the anxiety, the internal pressure um, behind both of the situations that we were dealing with should have been treated like COVID. Like I'm taking a week off because I'm sick. And I, you know, my body's sick. My, my heart is sick. I, I need those moments to be able to recoup, um, and come at this with the same energy that we had intended from the very beginning. And frankly, I don't think because, because of the promise that we made before we started the series, that we would always be perfectly candid and nothing would be sacred. I don't think it would have been appropriate for us to record in the states of mind that we were in because we would not have filtered or edited and um, our, our words may have impacted people in a way that were not the positive way we wanted them to. I think that we were both in a very uh, obviously dark place. We came to our own valley of the shadow of death, as it were. We've come through something. And I do have to mention that we had impeccable timing to, to have it happen at the same time. I mean, it's like women having the same menstrual flow when they live in the house long enough together. We we are now timing and coordinating our crises. Yes. So I think that was kind of awesome. I'm like, well, uh, I'm glad that hers is going on now, too, because I would feel like the drag ass if I was like, I can't record. I don't have Internet. I don't know where my (laughs) so I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that 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 you you were not there waiting for me. That would have been horrible. Um, And I'm also kind of glad I'm going to just admit this. I'm kind of glad that your shit kept you preoccupied and not 
not hyper concerned about my shit because you would have been you would have driven yourself to distraction and not slept trying to fix what happened to me and that was mine to fix and i know that about you my friend and i and i do want you to know i felt your intentions and prayers i know that i was on your mind when you had a moment to let me be on your mind Mm -hmm. and i appreciate that yeah it's um all of all of this has been on my mind um, over these past four weeks, just because it's been so intense. And then um, I still kept my weeklies with Danny because I knew that I needed um, and I needed an outlet. She needed an outlet. And every time we'd get together, we're like, oh, my God, all of my friends, their worlds are exploding right now. <laughs> and so it was literally saturn in retrograde or you know i don't know what's going on with the planets right now but um it was prolific and for the people that are extra feely about that stuff um it was really intense couple of weeks um so you know that this is my second saturn returns mm, i did not know i am deep deep into the year of my saturn returns now um saturn it's not pure math. The second Saturn returns isn't necessarily uh, at 56 years. It, it's it, for me, it's at 58 years. Mm-hmm. So I am deep into my Saturn because Saturn, uh, Saturn has a weird orbit and, and Jupiter can drag it when it's passing by Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, I'm completely into the time where this is supposed to happen mm-hmm. uh, or should be expected to happen. And it has happened. And, um, we both have a lot of Phoenix energy. I was born in the year of the dragon. I'm a wood dragon, which is the male aspect of the Phoenix. And um, I, I will tell you that the reason that I I haven't lost my mind and I, that I don't sit and dwell in self-pity and concern is because I know that any time my life has completely collapsed, I come back bigger, brighter, stronger, and more fabulous than before. And I don't uh, expect that this should be any different. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have a scoop. Tell me. A doorbell will launch um, on Black Friday. What? What? We are we are we are deep into the preparation of getting a doorbell's website built. I need to talk to you about Wix mm-hmm. and possibly uh, whether or not we can host it um, on our end. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are we are writing the media campaign. We're doing the flat photography, beginning the tech packs. We have a plan to go out to LA and source all of the new fabrics that the dresses will be available in. Um, they're all going to be photographed, so you'll be getting a package relatively soon to put your own team together, and it will launch um, on Black Friday for oh, holiday. Wonderful. So even in the midst of all of this, what this did for me or what this did to me is it made it obvious which of the many things that I have that I could move forward with, I should move forward with. I have 60 finished garments, mm-hmm. 60 finished styles. Um, so it's time. It's time it to nice. launch the children's wear line. And I love that I'm starting back with children's wear. Mm-hmm. I think that that, um, that that is the perfect place for me to start because there's so much joy in it. Did you yeah. hear the kitty? I did. <laughs> yeah, there's a kitty out here with me. Oh, I love it. Meow. Yeah, I started sewing um, and making things again, too, um, in the hiatus, and it was very refreshing. Um, 
I what you don't see is that I'm picking stitches because I made rookie mistakes. <laughs> well, you know, it, to be expected when your world's kind of sliding sideways. Um, but I'm also not mad at it, and I didn't throw it in the trash, and I'm going to rectify the situation. Let, let, me see, let me see that fabric. It's real cute. It's, so it's a men's boxer that I'm working yeah, on. Yeah, no, I can see. Oh, that is super cute. Yay. Yeah. Um, so I'm going back to the um, couples matching sets. So I love that. I will do them for guy guy couples, girl guy couples, girl girl couples. Um, so um, I really want to be a lot more positive in um, that aspect of um, my business um and then i I think that we should do kids underwear too in your fabrics and let the whole family have the same underwear that's so cute that's like (laughs) yeah like like exactly like christmas i I mean special occasion but wouldn't that be super cute it would be super cute and then i actually have a vendor who has a um witchy shop and um, I think she's in Oregon. I'll have to look at the contact information again. Um, but that's where I'll be sending my first sets of um, quote unquote magical underwear. Um, I love that. And so I'm excited about testing those. Are you, making, are you making fertility underwear, dear? Um, not specifically, but um, the way that I have... Um, created an attachment people can switch out stones um in their pieces so it can it can be you know ever evolving for whatever um you're needing so you're kind of turning poppets into underwear <laughs> a little bit <laughs> you know because a poppet you can stuff and restuff for intention and i i love i love that idea love that idea you need to uh, sell your own essential oils that can go with them too and market those yeah, I and um, the same vendor, she is a perfumer, so she mixes oh. scents, and so I'm actually working with her for a specific scent for my line. Oh well, I'm down. <laughs> Don't uh, you love sign that? Us, sign us up too, please. Um, so yeah, I've told her, you know, because I do so much steaming, and we talk a lot about please press your seams. <sighs> for the, I generally love a fucking god on, press your seams. I love a god. I usually um, perfume my water because a lot of times I'm working with silks that have mm-hmm. had sizing in them and that smell right. even remains after washing. And so right. it helps kind of condition the fabric a little bit with the oils, but also freshens some silks that might be a little bit more vintage smelling. And um, I enjoy it while I'm pressing because at least I'm not smelling just the um, sizing smells that I'm right. actually getting um or infusing into the garment um, this feeling. And because she's got a magic shop, I know that she will make it an energetically positive scent. And so, like, that's kind of the direction I'm really going for as I go forward from here. Um, And I think part of that was embracing the um, witchy side and um the energetic the quantum relationship um thing that happens in my brain and really giving that part of my business the energy that it needed and i think 
all the other stuff that was going on in our worlds, but also pushing our businesses forward. That's what we had the energy for these past four weeks. Um, and at really the benefit to not just ourselves, but to the show too, because we can demonstrate to people that you can have that downtime where you have to get to task and you don't have time to talk to other people because there's crisis going on, but you're also building at the same time. Uh, I kind of feel like soap. I kind of feel like I was wet soap and the pressure shot me in a direction. <laughs> uh, right. Right. Like, like I, I was directionless and I'm, there were things that I could do in my crazy COVID brain, uh, not able to decide between A, B, C, D, E, or Z. Mm-hmm. And the pressure uh, and my wet soap state of mind uh, shot me forward in this direction. And now I'm on fire to get the collection released. Um, you know, I miss being, I, I miss being well moneyed. I miss being able to afford choices. I miss being able to just fly out and see my friend in Denver. Mm-hmm. I miss, um, I miss that lifestyle and um, I deserve to have it back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if bringing beautiful, wearable, sustainable clothing to children and their parents and grandparents is the means to that, then power on, Benson. Mm-hmm. Get it done. And then, you know, Lauren, uh, Lauren is working side by side with me. She's such a um, good person. Really oh, oh speaking of our, our phone of fashion industry friend, mm-hmm. um, Carol is going to be in Denver in a couple of weeks and just texted me to ask for your number. Is it okay if I give it to oh her? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Or, you know, why don't you just get in touch with her? You have her information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, get in touch with her and set something up with her. Oh my gosh, that would be great. And you should definitely go see her presentation. I think you'd enjoy it. Is she doing it um, with a university or is she doing it? At- I don't know. I don't know where she's doing it. She probably, I, I, I haven't really had a chance to talk with her. Yeah. She's been so fucking busy. Good for her. Yes. Um, and, and she and I now where I'm staying, I'm about a mile and a half from her. So it's ridiculous that I haven't seen her. Carol. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Carol. Shout out. Um, and we said Rachel, but we didn't say shout out Rachel Osbeth Gross. Oh, so we dear. need to get that in there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, 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 I'm actually thinking now that I'm so close to Carol, maybe asking her if she would like to uh, hire me to come and help her uh, at least sew her covers. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that, that might be, be nice. So amazing. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, whatever. Uh, I, the dogs are coming back, apparently being out here, and I can host dogs here. I've had dogs, so I've been making a little bit of income um, boarding dogs. Things are not horrible. They're not tragic. They're not without hope. And um, I definitely have direction that I haven't had in a while. And I, I wonder if that's true for you, too. There are spider mites here. And mm. dogs have been stressed. Um, and Ollie is scratching more. And his little claws are getting stuck in the dreadlocks in his ears. <laughs> and so he gets to the point where he can't get his back leg unattached. So I heard him mewling on the top of the stairs, and I went and unattached him. Hey, hey, ladies, I don't need this shit. Get in the bed. (laughs) Umber lost the pups. I um, know. And she she has become as grouchy as Nellie, and I'm dealing with a dog who's obviously having her own postpartum depression and um, is upset about the loss of her pups. So she's gotten a bit grumpy and... Wants to attack like Nelly, so I now have two vicious dogs, which is kind of uh, fun. Hey, hey, 
we need to just calm down. She's over here. Ollie's over here. Everyone's good. No one's going to bother you, Nellie. You're even in your house. Uh, uh, she's just she, letting me know that she thinks this whole situation's fucked. She's like, this is bullshit. This is all bullshit. <laughs> this whole life. What have you done? Where, where is my beautiful couch? Um, yeah, they, they were all in a bit of a daze, too. Okay, so we kind of um, left off at... Um, you know, talking about helping uh, you guys set up your um, website for Wix and the very last card that didn't really seem to go with any of the other cards mm-hmm. was the reversed queen of coins, which means um, a project needing organization, you know? Mm. And so mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, Oh, well that's where that one belongs. That really kind of makes sense. Cause we just floated directly into um, a doorbella. Right. Yeah. Right. A doorbell. A doorbell. Bell. Like the southern bell. Yeah. Got it. Um, yeah, we're going to need a little bit of, I, I, I'm going to need a question and answer session with you at the very least. Um, mm-hmm. Lauren, who has schooled to do this kind of thing, is going to build the website out. And if she does a good enough job, we may have her work on ours too. Nice. Um, and I would love to at least be able to connect a doorbell too. Um, advanced fashion disruption, but uh, we need to figure out if we can host it through our shop with its own unique URL. Yeah. Um, like all of those WYSIWYG, um, which is what you see is what you get uh, websites uh-huh. will um, create a template that um, you can do the e-commerce for that. And so, you know, as we kind of develop a little bit more and reach our goal for paid content, I would love to do tutorials about how to get um, people's shops up and running and um, you know, what the best deal is for how much they're um, doing in sales. And so, you know, I think it's important, um, but yeah, your um, label will need that web voice so that pe- you can direct somebody right there. Like, oh, I just gave all my cards away, but go to this website. I'll punch it into right. your phone right now, right? Right, right. exactly. And, and you know, we, we will do mostly e-commerce. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not looking to do pop-up shops necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take them eventually to market. Um, and when we take them to market, of course, the e-commerce site will – that's always an interesting balance. Right. Um, and that's that. And and let's let's talk about that. Uh, I've had people ask me, "Well, I went to such and such a site, and there are no prices." And I said, "That is because they cannot compete with their customers." Mm-hmm. That's why there's always an inquiry button. Make an inquiry about something here, um, because when you have an ETL site, you do not want to be um, in competition with your with your customers. So what we will do with the doorbell is we will offer certain fabrics to certain. Uh, retailers and we won't sell those fabrics on our line mm-hmm. and let's say your uh sax is sax is gone let's say you're neiman marcus and you buy this collection we will not sell those fabrics and trims to um macy's so mm-hmm. everyone that that's how i've always done it so that everyone feels like they've got something they're not competing you right. don't even want your clients to really have to compete with each other well, and um, again, when we were stopping for the puppies, I was about to talk about the um, job uh, that I took, and I feel comfortable now kind of sharing that information now that um, I'm there and I'm, 
I'm not necessarily a fixture <laughs> of any sort, but you know, I'm starting to learn things and I feel a little bit more confident, but I am working at the, um, store. Um, and I might have to boop that out. I don't know. Um, but I'm working at a retail store where, um, we get all different kinds of brands in, and those brands are exactly like what you say. Certain ones were designed for certain buying markets with specialty trims. And then um, from other markets, they would have different trims or different um, screen prints or whatever on them. And they were different values, right? Um, for those that. different markets. And so right. I've, I've found that really interesting. And then I really feel, I don't know if I've said this to you or texted it to you, but the biggest thing that I have received there is really looking inside of all of the garments, you know, turning everybody's things right side out and putting things on hangers, but I'm able right, to see right. construction, Benson, which is so profound. Um, I, seeing, I didn't hear that. What about the construction? I'm that I'm just getting to see how things are constructed on the market right now, right. what people are expecting things to be constructed like on the market, which is different than um, running a factory and doing yes. things with the machines that you have. Right. And so it's a whole ass college education. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my phone it. is instead of what, what gosh. My phone keeps talking to me for no reason. I'm sorry. No, okay. yeah, it, it, and this is something that I tell students to do. Um, uh, you take a field trip and go look at the insides of all the different levels of garment from couture all the way down to uh, sloppy, um, imported, ready to wear, and see what the market's expectation for finish is. And mm -hmm. a lot of people who are incredibly harsh on themselves when they go look at actual couture are sort of shocked by how sloppy the inside of couture can actually be. Oh, yeah. And like the place that I'm working right now, they have what I would consider all levels of construction. <laughs> okay. I, I, I found the culprit and killed it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I love, I, I, I'm not going to say the name so you don't have to boop it, but I love that. I, I actually shop that place um, because I can find, you know, $300 jeans for 30 bucks. Yep. And, um, and, now that I've lost so much weight, I need to go back because I can fit into most, you know, it was rare for me to find something big enough to fit me there. Um, and always a celebration when I did, but now I, there's probably a lot more that would fit me. My goodness. Yeah. You know, I'm only 60 pounds from being 225 pounds. Wow. I keep thinking, God, you're still 285 pounds. And then I realize that's only 60 pounds from where I was when I started. Wow. It's only 40 pounds from me being actually happy and healthy and satisfied. 245 at 6'4 is perfectly good. Well, I lost uh, quite a bit of weight. I don't know if you – I'll put the camera I back. I could tell. I could tell. I wasn't going to mention. I lost quite a bit of weight. And then um, my biggest win for like my non-scale win is before I had kids and before I met the husband, I – was a belly dance instructor and I would wear a belly chain. Um, and I know that that's kind of controversial, controversial right now. Um, but I wore it, um, belly dancing and I found my old belly chain and, uh, let's see, did it get tucked in somewhere? 
Oh, it's all the way up here. Natural waste. Oh, I love that. Look at you. Look at you. Skinny so bitch. I have a tummy again. Um, the parts of it are saggy because mommy stuff. But I'm having that same feeling you just articulated, which is, oh my gosh, I can shop in a normal sized Store. clothing area, right? Not yeah. a not a plus size or wow, they have a selection of three things I can have. <laughs> if right? I'm lucky, or or the one, or the one. Um, <laughs> yeah, congratulations! It's a good feeling. It it's is. a good feeling for sure, and it's it's easier on the wallet to be normal sized. It is because they're able to produce them in larger numbers and reduce that overall price for everybody. And I can't um, say normal size because everyone's size is normal for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be more of a mainstream size. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that word normal's really fucked up. Right. Um, I hate that word. Nobody's normal at all, no, period. There's no such thing. You know, we've had to tell our kids that on a regular basis. Like, you know, I'm a weirdo. Guess what? You're a weirdo, too. Everybody's a weirdo. <laughs> everyone's a, Well, hopefully. The people who are not weirdos scare me. <laughs> yeah. They're hiding shit. Uh, if my dog doesn't like you, you're probably hiding some shit. <laughs> you're probably hiding some shit, exactly. Um, yeah, good for you, honey. So, uh, I, noticed, I noticed in your face, you've got some cheekbones going on. I have cheekbones. Um, you know, and I'm really enjoying um, the people that I work with. Um, some of them have been there for almost 40 years. Um, which is pretty incredible and at the same location. Um, and so I'm learning a lot about working with people again, which, um, I didn't really think that I wanted to work in a retail situation ever again. Um, but I'm actually enjoying it. Um, I have noticed that, um, I had reverted back to what I would consider like the, Oh, I'm sorry. I did blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm new. Um, and there's a woman that I work with and every time I say sorry about something, a mistake that I make as a new person, she says in her loudest voice and she's native American. And so she has that intonation in her voice. Nice. She says, no sorries today. And Benson, it's probably one of the most healing things that I have experienced in a very long time. I love her already. You know, when people tell me they're sorry, I tell them to save their sorrow for something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's, there's no reason to be sorry for the dumb shit ever. Mm-hmm. Save your sorrow for something that's worth worth being sorry about. Good for her. Yeah. And no sorries today. No sorry. No sorries today. And so... It was just, it, it has been something that really powerful for me to share with my kids, um, to share just as a human being to another human being that I feel like even though these past couple of weeks have been extremely difficult and painful, um, that there has been an extraordinary amount of growth that has come from it that I don't think it would have happened without that. Well, 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 I think that pressure, um, Mm -hmm. see, I, 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 that, that I, I tend to agree, Mm -hmm. but I've got to, um, throw in the caveat. Please. I think that, um, growth does not require pressure and pain. 
Mm-mm. And I think that it's a very American concept that keeps people in shitty situations to think this is making me stronger. But, but mm-hmm. uh, as the earth itself and as the universe shows us, extreme compression does create diamonds and entire universes. So there is, there is a healthy version of compression and um, uh, um, pain, uh, the pain of childbirth, for instance, the, the Big Bang itself was a compression and explosion. So there is there is a natural way for that to happen. And I think that this is what we've experienced. I don't want anyone to ever stay in a situation that's painful because they've been told it will make them grow. It will simply scar you because you and I will both bear scars from this. Oh, literally yeah. and physically and, and psychically and mentally. Um, mm-hmm. We will have scars from these things as we always do. Um, that we choose to allow transformation to happen is also something that needs to be noted. Oh, we, yeah. don't, we, we don't, we don't ever choose to collapse. We choose to transform like squids. You and I are squids. <laughs> we can get out of any situation. We can shape change, color change. Um, so I think that that is, that needs to be said because I, I really hate the idea that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's not true. Yeah, it just fucking kills you and it's goddamn sad. (laughs) Or at the very least, it depletes you and leaves you scarred and uh, unable to ever excel. So, um, but yes, there are things that happen that happen uh, in the chaotic universe and we can choose to learn from them and they can be transformational, but we have to be a partner in that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to actively want to see that happening as opposed to like putting the brakes on going, it can't change or you know politically right. the, what we're seeing of like let's go back to the 50s you fucking weirdos let's go back to the 1850s actually is where they want to go to mm-hmm. um no i i i absolutely you know the, the the negative way for me to have handled it would have been to stay in denial and think that if i lose everything um i'll get stronger and it's okay i i did everything in my power to get all of my stuff safe and i succeeded so then mm-hmm. i was able i had the freedom to let the pressure and the um, um, the pain um, direct me and mm-hmm. send me sailing into a new direction. So the, there were choices there and there were activities and actions that I was responsible for taking and I did. Yeah. So I, 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 I that, there's a lesson in there for everyone. Um, what doesn't kill you can. <laughs> what doesn't kill you can also cause you to drive slower. So um, choose your lessons and make your choices wisely. That's what I would like to say. Yeah. But I love that. I, your analogy is absolutely right in our case, but I needed to qualify it. I needed yeah. to qualify it. Yeah. I don't ever want to be responsible for telling people it's okay to suffer because you're going you're gonna to benefit from it. Not necessarily. No, not necessarily. Not unless you're into it. So when are you going to go to L.A.? When are y'all going to well, do that? I, 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 I think. Ish. <laughs> uh, well, I'm looking at airfares. Um, it may be, um, it may be at the very last minute. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I need to, I, I'm not going to buy a bunch of fabric. I'm just going to go um, um, grab sample cards and make choices and then get some sample fabric. I, I think that the initial website will be in fabrics that we've made them out of, some of which can be remade, but we will have a selection of fabrics that people can look at. And thank you, CGI um, and and um, digital 
uh, what about CAD, um, we'll be able to take a template of a dress and put the fabric behind it so people can imagine what it looks like. Uh, and then we will order what sells. I'm, I'm going to do sort of um, that model. I'm not, I don't have the capital to invest $100,000 to have it all on hand. So we will be doing um, sort of... We'll um, do a catalog, right? We'll do a catalog. Uh, there'll be an online catalog. And we will, we will, we will order fabric that sells. So, um, I, I don't want to end up with a bunch of something that I thought was cool that everyone else thinks is shit. I get it. I get it. Um, speaking of fabric, I don't know if you've gone into any of the retail shops recently, but I had to pop in to, um, Joanne's. Um, Can we just refer to Joanne's as the Hellmouth and never say the name of <laughs> the Hellmouth? Because um, I needed thread and I needed thread right then because I was trying to change a cold shoulder dress to a not cold shoulder dress. <laughs> right. Um, regardless, when I went in, they had a huge display of Liberty fabrics, Benson. Oh, my goodness. And they were priced as Liberty Fabrics. It was 35 bucks a yard. Um, oh, wow. it, it was the beautiful cotton lawn that they normally have online that I obsess over, right? Right. And if people haven't seen Liberty Fabrics, just go look at their graphics. They're just absolutely stunning. Gorgeous stuff, yeah. But I was shocked that they were just at a regular retail shop. Um, pleased, mind you, but still very surprised. Very, very surprised. Yeah, I wonder what's happening at Liberty. That's weird. Mm -hmm. That's they were weird. all um, 10 yard, 10 to 15 yard rolls. Um, and they probably had like four or five dozen different patterns. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, while people do a lot of complaining about these big box stores, um, maybe it has been difficult enough for the fabric printers during all of this to then reach out to see if there's a market for um, these nicer products in a bigger store. But I just wanted to share that with you because I had not seen nice fabrics at right. this, the Hellmouth. At the Hellmouth, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I, I, so they're doing a line specific. I'm, I'm, you know, you know me. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm researching. They're doing a line specifically for Joanne. <gasps> Interesting. So it sounds like the economy um, caused them to make different choices, yeah. and that's okay. Um, but it also sounds like they understood that there was a new uh, desire to have fabrics due to the face mask phenomenon. That people mm -hmm. uh, who bought sewing um, uh, equipment to make face masks are continuing to sew, and that uh, obviously Liberty is well-known brand and their stuff is great and it's quality mm -hmm. um, yeah they have 46 fabrics uh that are being produced for joanne wow Yay. which takes us back to what i said about the kids clothes and that's how you you get different retail accounts you you give certain fabrics um only to a certain chain and yep. you don't sell those to anyone else because they'll never trust you or buy from you again so um, make certain that when you give those um uh exclusives to a retail chain that it's going to be worth giving the exclusive to if they're not going to buy in bulk don't bother giving them an exclusive you find the store that's going to demand the exclusive for ordering a hundred thousand units yep. and then you make that choice yeah 
Oh my goodness. We actually talked about fashion stuff in addition. <laughs> so right? Well, you know, <laughs> don't don't we always? I mean, honestly, that was really how you came up with this idea because no matter what we were talking about, we always talk about fashion stuff. And honestly, life and fashion stuff sort of I mean, they obviously go together cuz it's got to be alive to do fashion stuff, but um it's a microcosm of the bigger world. Fashion is a huge, complex system, and it touches all aspects of life. So, um, yay for fashion. Yeah. And and I would have to say that I'm now getting a different perspective slash college education about why people are buying fashion. Because if you can get somebody talking about whatever it is that they've just brought to you that they want to purchase then you can get all kinds of um, what I would consider PSYOP information about different buyers. Some people buy it because they collect that thing. Some people buy it because it makes them feel good. Some people buy it because they only wear their socks once and they fucking throw them away afterwards. It takes all kinds. So um, Boudoir Queen, uh, shout out Dawn, uh, she has a collector in LA that buys specifically to put into a boudoir queen museum. Wow. I love that. I do. Love Dawn, Dawn has access to some exquisite vintage stuff that none of the rest of us will ever have access to. Mm. Hey, hey. Uh, thank you for lodging your complaint. The management will take care of that shortly. Um, she's barking at nothing. Um, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe she doesn't like vintage. But Dawn is able to pick vintage from... <laughs> Hey. Oh, 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 I see. Ollie is at the other end of her cage, uh, too close to her private space. Uh, she she has, you know, um, uh, vintage sellers in Paris and Italy mm-hmm. and all over the, the world that will contact her for um, sales that don't ever go public, which is how she ends up with such exquisite stuff. Uh, so there are many reasons that people buy. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I my, my formal education is actually in psychology. Uh, nice. My fashion education was just as intense and just as comprehensive, but I did not pay to go to the um, schools that I went to. I audited the classes because they saw that I was talented enough and I was never going to get a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but the psychology background has helped me immensely to understand why people buy. Uh, it, it's a very big part of how I forecast so accurately um, because I can look at huge um, shifts in society and sort of have an understanding about what the reactions will be and what people will then demand. I'm telling you, punk rock is going to come back bigger than it was in the 80s. Oh, my God. We're going to have this new opulent punk rock thing that's going to go on. Um, and I'm yep. all, you know, I'm all about that. All the leather, all the pleather ever. All the leather, <laughs> all the pleather, all the neon, all the spikes, all the feathers. And we're going to do it in a much more sophisticated, elegant way. I think it's going to be uh, the 1980s meets the 1920s. And it's going to be uh, amazing. I'm starting to see I'm starting to see it. I'm mm-hmm. seeing the, my, my favorite neon um, acid green yellow uh, and my neon pinks and oranges coming into collections. And I forecast that a year and a half ago. I said, well, this is going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's understanding how people think and react. So you don't necessarily have to have a degree in fashion to be in fashion. Um, mm-hmm. All of life's education, all of the educational um, uh, content that you have collected as people uh, will be useful to you in fashion because it is such a huge, complex system. 
that touches all parts of life. It does. To quote Depeche Mode, it's a lot like life. <laughs> it's true. It is a Shout lot. Shout out Depeche Mode. You no, know, the remaining members. Anyway. Remaining. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know, yeah. right? It's like um, every time I wake up or every time I check in with the news, I'm like, oh. Well, that- you know, it, it's, it's really difficult. That these people keep getting older and dying because it really uh, hurts my internal denial of my age. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, how could they possibly be old enough to die? I'm only 20. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> I think that's why I'm, I have my camera off when we do this because I'm like, oh, that's offensive. That's not me. I'm, I'm an old man. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 kind of interesting, isn't it? Do you know? Uh, speaking of old punks, uh, Billy Idol just put out a new EP, and it's awesome. Really, I, I love that that old queen is still. I mean, not Billy Idol's not a queen. Um, I love that 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 old punk is still wearing the eyeliner and a white bondage suit, singing a song called "Cage." I love every bit of that. And you know, um, speaking of Billy Idol, uh, Dawn Boudoir Queen, her husband Mark Younger Smith used to be a guitarist and toured with Billy Idol. I mean, he's still a guitarist. He's still a brilliant guitarist. He, mm-hmm. He's toured with Bowie. And um, so, yeah, you know, see how they all connect. But uh, check it out. Get, get onto YouTube and check it out. And and uh, I, lo- I love that people my age and older are still putting out incredibly relevant music. Grace Jones just recorded with Beyonce. And it's a brilliant track. Oh, my God. I love it. I have to yeah, go through so, that one too, right? Well, these are two reminders that age and relevance do not have anything to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Madonna, she's just put, I think she's gone to number one. She's put out um, all new mixes of her entire collection um, and, and loving what she's doing with her 22-year-old boyfriend, 25-year-old boyfriend. Get it, old woman. Get it. <laughs> oh. Well, Benson, thank you for taking time today. Can can we do it again soon? Really, really? Uh, we should do it again soon, like tomorrow. <laughs> we owe some content, sister. We do. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's have an actual phone call uh, a little bit later okay. today, and um, and sit and figure out when we can record some content and. Um, talk about the business side of what we're doing mm-hmm. uh we have several irons in the fire that are obviously glowing hot that we need to either take out of the fire and cool so they don't melt or that we need to uh, begin to hammer into shape yeah. and so a business an actual business call an internal business call i think is warranted yeah and like the thing that i was going to tell you kind of ending this off is i'm so excited about going to the gem and mineral show so I can finally get my last pieces I need for one of those upcoming projects. So I'm super excited about going beach shopping. When is that? Um, it starts the 9th and it goes through the 18th. Of September in three days? Yes. Yes. Oh. Okay. Anyone that's listening to this, buy me a fucking round trip ticket from Detroit to Denver so I can go. All right, and you have a you place to stay. And I have a place to stay, and I can hug my my darling friend and the children, and um, I can meet Danny, and I can go punch out a certain queen. Um, 
there are so many reasons. <laughs> Denver's great. Den- Denver is like, no. Uh, we can go get uh, horchata lattes. <laughs> I do need you to keep an eye out for beads, so we will discuss that. I'm going to give you a list and a budget. Wonderful. I, yeah, I will totally do that because it's such a wonderful place um, to pick um, really good decorative items for sewing up. Um, I feel- that ha- well, okay, I guess the last time we talked, it was uh, sort of mid- mid-August. Mid-August. It's been a and month. Here we are weeks later. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, why didn't time just go and pause while we did? Mm-hmm. Can't we develop that ability to pause all of the all time when we need a pause? Wouldn't it's that be lovely? Really going fast these days. I'm, you know, right before, like, next year I turn 50, I turn 49 next month. But it really seems so fast right now. Um, almost like breakneck speed. And there's so much urgency that I think that part of my anxiety slash panic attack um, the past couple of weeks has just been like, ah, there to be more time. <laughs> That's the one commodity that you never can replace. Yeah. I just told my, my nephew this recently. Uh, you know, he's in a place where he's trying to decide his, is the, his music career, is it worthwhile? Should he do something else? Um, is, is it as lucrative as he needs it to be? And I said, here's the thing I want to tell you, nephew. You are incredibly successful because you have owned your own time for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And that is truly the mark of a successful person. I don't care what the fuck your bank account looks like. When you own your own time and can decide what to do with those hours, you are a wealthy, wealthy person. And you and I have managed to own our own time for the majority of our lives. Mm-hmm. You are selling some of your time now to a retailer, um, but that has an end purpose. It is about regaining all of your own time. So um, mm-hmm. I wish there were more time. And I didn't get into what I know was bothering you uh, just because I feel like you're still processing it. And mm-hmm. even though we said nothing would be sacred, I made that sacred for you today. Well, and to let people know that my um, dad is um, going into palliative care, which is kind of like hospice light. Um, And, you know, it's been like I have literally been preparing for my dad's passing my whole life just because he was such a in such a delicate state with his heart. And, um, as his body is aging and changing and he, um, has made health decisions that he has made, um, the earth suit just is not cooperating, um, like it used to. And that it- is a, that is a feeling. I, 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 I think I told you when I hugged my mother and I felt how hollow she was mm-hmm. and got the sense that she was not long for this world because she's so delicate. It shook me. Mm-hmm. And like your mom, like your dad, my mom has had health issues her whole life. I've literally been preparing since I was a child. Um, she wasn't expected to live past 30. So mm-hmm. she's had 45 years of grace, but it, it still shook the fuck out of me. And I imagine it must have shaken you. Oh, yeah. To have my dad be the same weight as me. Um, and he's six foot. Um it, you know, it's very sobering, you know, when you think of your parents as being these bigger than life, 10 foot tall, bulletproof people, stronger than you always, always, right. Um, you know, wiser, older, always, you know, all of these things, um, to have that delicate moment. Um, My I don't mommy, think we're she prepared. Felt like a, she felt like a light bird to me. That's how light she was and how hollow. 
um, and her energy was diminishing. Uh, apparently, she's doing much better. I'm happy mm. to report. Um, but but it's I, I'm so sorry that you're having to face that, and and so young. I, I'm fortunate that I that, that I'm nearly sixty and still have both parents. Uh, mm-hmm. It's because they started so early, but um, I can't imagine not being fifty and having to look at the end and, and the possibility of the end. And and palliative care is a very um, significant point. Uh, it, it it clearly says that the life expectancy is minimal. And we're going to make this man as comfortable and give him as much quality of life as we can in the time he has left. That's yeah. got to be so hard to face, my darling. Yeah. It's hard because he's always been the, okay, well, I might have heart issues, but I am going to be this superhero figure. And so watching his uncomfortability with the acknowledgement of his own weakness and it being seen is the hardest thing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you feel like a five-year-old again. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Vulnerable and um, powerless to stop it. And um, I, I know I, I rack my brain for ways to fix it for them. And there's just, there's, I, we can't buy that time back for them. We can't make them younger or stronger. No. Um, and we can't make ourselves younger and stronger. So keep owning your own time, my darling. Be the master of that and teach those beautiful young ladies to own their own time. Yes, it's so important. And I'm, I'm glad that you are there for your nephew, too, because I think that those are lessons that are important for him. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm my, my three young teen cousins. Um, I, and I've told them that I'm their cousin uncle because I'm the appropriate age for an uncle. I'm older than their mom. Uh, my cousins is whose garage I'm sort of squatting in garage basement. Um, and my cousin is facing a health crisis, uh, MS. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the same cycle I watched with my sister. And uh, I, I found her at her counter the other day crying because she couldn't make her legs work right. And she's beginning to have a hard time swallowing. And she's having to face going from being the single mother hero to the children to realizing that she has to have help. And the children, um, I'm, I'm trying to guide them through that and also guide them to being better, more cooperative human beings. Uh, they've never met a boundary that was an mm-hmm. actual boundary uh, because of the dynamic of, of their parents' um, marriage and divorce. So um, that has kept me a bit busy, too. I bet. I bet. Yeah, but it, but but I I love these children. Mm-hmm. I, I find some of their uh, uh, behaviors appalling, and with love and compassion and incredible firmness, I am stepping up to be the wall that they they crash against, so that they understand where the safe boundary is, yeah. and that the boundaries are important and make them feel safer. Honey, Especially- I'm here if you, need, if you need to process what you're going through privately. I am always here for you. Um, <laughs> I would like you to never apologize to anyone again. No sorry today. No sorries today. No sorries today. Uh, when you need time to process, I would like that to just be gone from your character, please. Okay. I'm working on it. With Irene's help, I am working on no sorry. No, Irene. No, Irene. <laughs> you tell Irene uh, that she is my favorite person now. She is such a good human. Um, because I agree. No sorries today. And she... Just that that saying 
gives you a view into her light because the very first day when I met her, um, I asked her where she was from and she was um, from New Mexico and she was one of the children taken from a reservation and put into a boarding school. And I had never had a one-on-one conversation with somebody with that as their life experience. And the fact that that is her past is not a reflection of where her light is right now. She's just a beautiful light. It's fucking sobering, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing that most uh, of our fellow countrymen don't understand. They think of that as something that must have happened a long, long time ago. That happened till till 1975 mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter put an end to that. Yeah. 1975 people in 1975 you could still go steal a native child from its family and tribe and raise it to be white and and it was considered a good thing in america so Mm. please stop being so angry at canada for the crime that we committed just as long oh yeah and i'm just i'm happy that these people are in my life and i'm happy you're in my life yeah no i i think that that's amazing I, i i've known many Native men and women who um, went through that. When we were on the calendar tour, we dealt with a lot of Dene people. Um, we call them uh, Navajo. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is that correct, Navajo? Yes. Uh, uh, the, the, the Navajo people co- consider themselves to be the Dene. Their language is Dene. And I, I've known many Dene people who had that experience. And um, sobering as fuck and those that come out of it not so broken that they can't shine a light shine a light like no other yeah there's no, no sorries today no sorry no sorry. that's a powerful spell uh mm-hmm. you tell miss irene that i have a great appreciation for her having never met her yeah i will do that and i'll send I you a picture of us one day <laughs> yeah i love, love you love you love you and tell the girls I miss seeing their beautiful faces and we should uh, make sure that I get to chat with them at some point this week. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to upload this and I will talk to you offline in a little while. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Phone of Fashion Friend Tuesday and our reuniting episode. Thank you, Benson. Thank you so much for joining us me back here at this place where we get to share these little gems um, even when we're in crisis mode we hope to do a couple more episodes this week we're going to touch base and get all of it settled and really catch up to where we left off about real life designer stuff taking care of new lines and making new connections and sometimes having to put some of the good good on hold but then coming back with some really important lessons that we'd like to share with you. So thanks for joining us today. As always, go to advancedfashiondisruption.com and listen to all of our past episodes. There's lots, and we love you, and we want to give you as much information as we can. And please continue to support Ukrainian designers. And there's a link for angelforfashion.com on our website also. And we are really looking forward to doing the scouting for the final pieces for uh, the Ukrainian challenge final full announcement and we hope that that's coming up ASAP as well so stay tuned it's a process it's a amorphous timeline and we love you guys for all your support thanks